Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top 10 show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favourite film critic, Nico Duro, the silver screen dude! Hey, screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nicole Luro. Okay, guys, okay. So this is a fan selection one, and actually quite exciting. Um, big up. The, this is the gentleman I met, right? Yes. You need this to is the gentleman. I, I always love to tell this story, so you just big yourself up on this one, bro. I am in a place that I was, potentially am still employed by, and <laughs> I'm in uniform, and I'm at to meet the missus however with directions i probably wasn't the best at giving the directions between my location to where she was so i'm like okay don't worry i'm coming to meet you so i've rushed out because i'm like i'm not gonna leave her waiting i'll get changed after so i'm like okay babe da, da, da. speak to you later bye as i've done that the gentleman says to me excuse me are you aj now the first thing I've, he says excuse me so i've stopped and i'm in uniform and i'm like he wants directions, he wants help, because it's the hospitality industry that this uniform represents. Yes. So I'm like, yes, sir, how can I help? Uh, you know, still trying to be as polite as possible, even though I'm like, I've clocked out. said, AJ. <laughs> then he goes, are you AJ? To which I said, huh? Yeah. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you, I, no, we've not met. You don't look like you're related to Nico, with the highest respect in saying that. We all have different backgrounds and different looks. And I'm like, you don't look like one of my brother's friends. But I'm still leaning with that. And I'm like, but most of them would say, are you Nathan's brother? To which you then say, I say yes. You then reply with, cool. This school for screen dudes. I listen to you and Nico all the time. Great stuff. <laughs> and I swear to you, jaw dropped. I run to the missus. We're walking back. And I'm like, this road right here, just in front of this shop. Even the other day. We were walking back to my employment because I popped in there to just have a visit. And each time I passed that shop, that small location, Eunice, I swear to you, dude, there was a smile on my face of this happened here. It's like a landmark area for silver screen dudes. I might even see if I can get a, a star put on the pavement block. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I was that touched. And at the time, it was so funny because I was like, give us a topic. Give us a topic and we'll go for it. And it was Martin Scorsese. And I'm like, my friend, you are in for a winner. It was that week we were doing Martin Scorsese film. So, you know, it was well in sync and it, it just worked. But that was really what the first time. And that's not to say we haven't had emails and stuff coming in from the screeners. But this one really hit me on a wow. Be it that you saw an Instagram picture with us or be it that my voice is that recognisable that I was like, huh? <laughs> like it was so humbling and I really one of my favorite moments on this journey um, he, he also tuned into the live stream with us which was yes. really nice representing his YG um, but yeah guys so this one comes in from a fan which is always nice it comes in from a fan who's actually met AJ just by pure chance coincidence which is mad when you consider that there's seven million people living in our city but you know what makes it even worse is the location like Central, like. Yeah, like central London, and it's not even to say like Oxford Street where it's shopping. This is just on a small corner of like yeah. Russell Square. Like we could have been anywhere in the world. Where he lives is closer to where I hang around than where we actually met. <laughs> just thought, heard what I just said there. People in America be like, "Oh, that's cute, seven million. <laughs> <laughs> that we're a small island, guys. <laughs> you know, 
And I don't want to take his I want everyone to um, please go. He's got his socials up at the Arsenal Times. That is underscore Arsenal Times underscore on Twitter. So please go and follow. Sorry, the can Ars- you just repeat that one? Go and follow the Arsenal Times. Again, sorry. AJ, you're pushing your luck with me here. I've done the gentlemanly thing as a Chelsea fan, and I'm going to recommend people go and follow Arsenal-based social media. I'm seeing it as Eunice fan-based social media ahead of Arsenal, and I'm trying to show the man some love, and you're making it really difficult. No, 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 no. Stop. (laughs) We just need to make sure that people get the socials right. The Arsenal Times... Arsenal Times underscore... There we go. Perfect. That's it. Are you, are you happy now? I've said we, Arsenal a few times to, and I've, I've promoted Arsenal a few times. Stop it. We need to mention it again at the end just to like give him credit. But no, that's enough. That's enough. You can do Thank that. you. Yeah. He wrote to us on Twitter recently after the live stream. I'll just read out the tweet here. Uh, hey, guys, been loving the podcast, especially during lockdown. Lockdown would love to see top 10 opening scenes in movies podcast. If you guys don't mind. Cheers. Obviously, we're here to oblige. <laughs> Trust me, guys, there's one thing you need to understand. With cinemas being shut, the more interaction from you guys in terms of what you would like to hear, you have no idea how much that helps. <laughs> you have no idea how much that helps. Fuck yeah. Like, as much as we love to pay attention, because we we don't want to be self-indulgent. It is a matter of, this is what interests you guys. Mm. Let's do it, you know? Episode 101 is done now. We don't need to be self-indulgent. This is it. It's, 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 it's all done. <laughs> it's all done. So... Like, it is literally what you guys want. We will take the challenge. Yep. We will take the challenge. And this like, this was a fun one. It was really funny, actually, because you said something to me mm-hmm. last week. I think it might have been off. Yeah, it was off camera, because otherwise it would have been a spoiler. You're like, there's only one number one. Yeah, and right. at the time, I was like, hmm. Then it hit me, and I was like, of course. But then, I don't know if you're going with, like, based on our personal opinion or on society's personal opinion. Don't give a fuck. My opinion. <laughs> Cool, because there was one for society which didn't actually make the list for me. It came up a lot when I done my researches of um, reminders, and it didn't come up. And I was like, I wonder if he went that way. Um, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Yeah, but it was actually really interesting because you stop and think, and sometimes you think of something, you go back to check the film, and you're like, ah, it's not the opening. It happened in the early stages of the film. It's not technically the opening, but when you refer to the scene, it's like I wasn't actually talking about scene at blah blah. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, like, there was another film I was thinking of. Um, I don't want to say it just in case it comes up. Um, it's a Snyder film. And, essentially, have you got any Snyder on your list? Zack Snyder film. You're going to say no? Yeah, no. Okay, so, like, I was thinking of the beginning of 300. The whole... That is a good opening. Now, yeah, but then... As much as it was there, the part that I was really thinking of, you actually, the film actually starts with the young Leonidas as opposed to that whole madness that happens. And I was like, damn. It starts with when he was born, the boy was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Savage. And actually, it's before awesome. that, technically, it's not even that. The opening scene, technically, is David Wenham giving a speech. Brave Leonidas. And his brave 300. Oh! There you go. There you go. So, Which is also, also good. Also, also. But the scene that I had in mind, it wasn't that one. And I was like, yeah. So I left it. But apart from that, so there were certain parts Sparta, you... Sparta, right? Yeah, mate, that kick. That kick down the well. I remember watching it. Like, I was interested at first. Then I saw that. And the jaw dropped. 
And I was like, you have my focus. <laughs> you have me for the rest of the film. Do you know who owns that scene for me? It's not Leonidas, it's Lena Headey. Yes. Right, does a woman think she has to talk amongst men because only Spartan women give birth to real men? It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you know? Oh, my days. So th- th- this is what you just saying who it was. You know when the puzzle all just connects, and I'm like, you hadn't Shit. connected that that was Cersei uh, Lannister, bro. Like, be honest, I, I checked the <laughs> opening. No, no, no. I have not watched 300 in a minute, in a minute. Like, I checked those opening parts. I was like, oh, it's not that. But you're damn right. It's Cersei yeah. Lannister. It's Mama from Dread. I know, I know. I know. It's... Damn, damn. She does that business. She does that business. Yeah. Mate, when the penny drops, the penny drops. I love it. Honestly, right. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Vicky Guerrero is Eddie Guerrero's wife, not his mum. Oh shit. <laughs> there you go. For the wrestling fans, Administrator Wrestling, we have these moments and you're like, ah, of course. And then there's the films that we will forget and you're like, damn. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, this was this was fun. This, this was, was fun. Um, you get to go back and you see some bits and again, sometimes you go through this and you're like, oh my gosh, how can I have got that? That's an awesome opener. Then there was another one. I was like, damn, I can't use it because it's deleted. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I had I great time. deleted shit that came up to be fair. Well, yeah. Nothing deleted. Hmm. Interesting. I, 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 I kind of had your back on the deleted stuff. So we're cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's a good scene. I know the one. That's a good scene. That is a good fucking scene. Nice. Well, remember, that's good. Very nice. To be honest, it didn't even cross my mind. Because there were so many. There were so many. Some films you sit down with anticipation and know what it's about, so you're willing to take a, a small weight, if you would, for it to kick off. And then you've got others that are like, yeah. You. Can we just acknowledge for a moment how in sync we are here, telepathically? <laughs> the fact that we each deleted, at the beginning of season three, we go back and listen to our deletion episode, we each deleted ten movies for each other that that person is not allowed to talk about. We can talk about it for that person, but we're not allowed to talk about the movies that are deleted for us. Man has just said, there's a movie that's deleted for you, I had your back. I know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Of ten movies, I, I can hone in. I don't even need to have the list of deletion up in front of me. Zzz, in that one, no, yeah. <laughs> that's some silver screen telepathy going it on. Is, it is, it is. So no, it was, it is worthy. Um, you might hit me. Yeah, and as you said, like based on your list, I was like, yeah. you might not be happy with the position, but it's it's there. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do a service. I'm like, it's actually a pretty badass moment. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it, it, it's there. But no, it was fun. It actually hurt me because. I'm looking back again. There are two films I actually really thought, short of 300, that I thought were going to be on the list, and they haven't made it. Um, uh, there's three for me that I wanted to go on, and they haven't made it. I was really hurt. And one, I was like, yeah, for sure. And even now, and I've just looked, and I'm like, actually, it didn't make the list. Mm. Yeah, and I was, it's actually looking at it now. Just before we went on, I was like, damn, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I was hurt with that, but hey. There's, there's one in particular which is our favourite in the franchise and it's a franchise which made its fucking name off of doing big bombastic opening scenes like you could literally pick any opening scene from this franchise and they could all be contenders for the list and I've picked the one that you and me are particularly fond of you know what I'm saying? 
Um, I just, I know it's a Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we both hit it. Yeah, might as well hit it. Video game as well, by the by. Yeah. 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 So Goldeneye. I was like, that's a shoe in. It has to be in. Same, same. And the more I looked, I was like, damn, it didn't make it. Yeah. It didn't make it. And it's such a fucking great scene. Yeah. Yeah. First time so you meet cool. James Bond's best friend. The fact that you've got double O's working together. Yeah. yeah. And the blowing up of the factory of the facility and then the plane just pulling. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. Flying into the camera as the whole thing explodes and then you just get those opening few. Dum, 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 dum. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Goosebumps. Yeah. Legit. I just legit. literally had goosebumps. The more I talk about it, more I'm like, oh, should I go in? And it's like, hey. nope. Hey. Can't Maybe instead anything. of my number 10, but my number 10 did something which I don't think any movie's ever done, so I can't. I can't remove anything here. There were, there's, no, I can't. Because there's one I would toy in, my number 9, potentially, but the impact that it had as a beginning, I can't, I, I, you have to factor that in. Because without that opening, there is no film. You kind of just described my number 9 there, weirdly. Fuck it. 12 minutes talking. Let's get into this. Let's go. Okay. So before we get into it, would you like to do your magic? So for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please, please, please write us up a quick review and hit that share button. If you are listening to us on other podcast platforms, please leave a five star rating. And please, if you know any movie fans that you like to talk about movies with when they're in the streets, on public transport, over dinner, whatever, wherever you may be, if you've got movie fans, in your life who you talk movies with please tell them about the movie mount rushmore podcast and encourage them to follow and listen to us too how does the movie mount rushmore work aj and i each get assigned a topic this week it is by uh eunice from arsenal times at underscore arsenal times underscore fuck you aj <laughs> <laughs> and we go our separate ways to make create our individual top 10 lists and we come back into skype and deliver to you the silver screen dudes our individual top 10s this week i think it's you I'm this pretty sure it's you. First, delivering my bottom three. AJ will then deliver his bottom three. I will deliver my next two. AJ will deliver his next two. Then we will trade one apiece. If at any time while we are running off our individual top ten lists, one person has a movie in a high position, that person will say, Punt! And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the high position. Once we have both rounded off our individual top tens, we will create the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must see movies of the genre, which this week is Top Ten Movie Opening Scenes. Like it. Cool. Okay, sir. Over to you. Straight into it. This movie starring Nick Cage did something which I thought wasn't possible, which was make the best part of the movie, <laughs> and it's a good movie, the whole thing's good, but the most memorable part of the movie is the opening title sequence. Lord of War. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. It's been a while since I saw that, and I must admit... The trailer and the intro really had me. I, I I didn't hate the film, but it wasn't as hard-hitting as the beginning of the film. So I'm definitely with you on that one. I've always had a really soft spot for this film. One, because I think Nick Cage is a brutally... He's become a brutally underappreciated actor. People, you know, he did the Nick Cage joke of he's become a joke unto himself. A bit like Johnny Depp. And it's like, yeah, people forget that same way with Johnny. There's a lot more to Johnny than Captain Jack Sparrow. There's a lot more to Nick Cage than the kind of satire that he's become of himself. You know, this is an Academy-nominated actor. He's a very, very talented man. Now, I'm not saying he brings his full Academy chops to the game here, but the movie is really engaging about how two brothers, one played by Nick Cage, the other played by 
fuck me, why am I blanking here? Played the Joker, not Heath Ledger, Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. Um, two brothers who essentially get into arms dealing. And the way they become arms dealers is highly believable. And the places that this lifestyle takes them to, there's not a moment where you're like, I fully believe in complete ignorance to the reality, but I fully believe that this is the life that arm dealers have. It never feels overblown. You know, they're doing things like smuggling arms on ships. They're doing uh, on uh, ship containers. They're doing things like rubbing shoulders with African dictators. They're doing things like selling to the UN. I'm like, yeah, yeah I would believe all this all shit. All of it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this shit makes sense. I would believe that you know they get developed drug problems. I would believe that they're unfaithful to their wives. I would believe it on the face of it. They present themselves as very good businessmen who are very successful and lead very wealthy, happy lifestyles. You know, it all, like, the whole world they painted for me, I was like, I believe everything that's going on here. Yeah, that's true. What they do at the beginning is really, oh so subtly, but still oh so harrowing. Because essentially, life of a bullet, that's what the opening is. It's like, it's like they've attached a GoPro to a bullet and shown the journey it goes Yes, I remember that. From factory yes yes yeah head of an african child who's fighting one of the african civil wars and it's harrowing when you think about it the sort of dehumanization of this little cartridge which is essentially just you know molded and ground and battered in a factory to ultimately taking the life of a human being and a child at that and it's not ever done in a way that sort of goes <gasps> or that goes wow look at me it's just really subtly done and mate well played i completely forgot about that i remember enjoying the beginning of the film i completely forgot about that scene like a bullet it's amazing it's an amazing piece of cinema work yeah so yeah. that was my number 10 so my number nine you were just talking about if you don't have this opening scene that kind of doesn't make the movie whether it's this movie where you're talking about or not will remains to be seen right now um but it's definitely applicable what you just said. Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Ah, damn, we're not in sync. But that was an honourable, actually. It's an honourable. I was really into it. I even watched it again this morning. It nearly made the list. But yeah, yeah. And again, I still, you still have me wavered on the whole tipping thing. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> like, legitimately, legitimately. But yeah, that, that element that shows you who is who throughout the film. The element that shows you who is who, the witty fucking dialogue that there's no one who writes dialogue like tarantino when he's on form yeah when he's on form when he's and i do emphasize when he's on form because he's not always we can get my big black dungus like in bloody hateful eight white man too much of the n-word which i'm down with at times don't get me wrong like i'm not to be like oh he's a white guy he's no right if you're writing a film that makes the element use the words it's you know we were just talking american history x before not that we endorse racism but it emphasizes the character all the time i get that but this film i was just like you're taking the piss with this word you are taking the piss and the, the film just i was able to watch it I think because of the hate you had, I was expected to really hate the hateful hate. But I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, but I was still like, this it isn't... sucks, mate. You're not the... This isn't what I expect from you as one of my favourite directors, you know? Like, I, I needed more than that. It's a yeah. real blemish on a really, really good career otherwise. Because he's pretty flawless yeah. aside from that. Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I maintain, is a really really brilliant i still need to go back to that one i do have to be honest it's slow 
but it's you know it's it i love it really loved it it uh, was weird it, I, I think i didn't know what i was expecting and that's what kind of that's what kind of threw me off but yeah um that's arguably yeah. the best he's ever directed in terms of getting performances out of his actors i've never seen him more on form than in that film mm. Like what he gets out of DiCaprio and Pitt in that film is, is in that sense, yeah, next level. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you have a it's weird because you have a weird expectation from Tarantino when Nick's slightly against that grain. It's like I don't know how to take it. So maybe as a film directed by someone else, it's a brilliant film. But in a Tarantino world where your mind is set that way, you're like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, there's that weird fight scene of like the Bruce Lee and (laughs) what have you. Love it. I was a bit like, huh? There were too many ways you can interpret that, but I interpret Who's that. Who's the narrator? I know, exactly. Brad exactly. Pitt narrates that scene. Yeah. I believe full well that he's remembering it in a world according to Brad Pitt's character. He's not remembering how it really was. Because the character's not going to remember, like, hey, I picked a fight with Bruce Lee, he kicked my fucking ass, and I got fired as a result. You're not going to remember shit that way. It's like, this little what the motherfucker picked a fight with me. I showed him what's what. And as a result of me showing that he's not such a tough guy, I got kicked off. It's like, yeah, you tell yourself that. Yeah, yeah, keep, keep, keep working, keep working. No, it's a very, very interesting one. But yes, no, back to Reservoir Dogs. It's that, you know, the, the, the failed bank heist. Is it bank heist? Uh, it's not bank heist. It's, it's a robbery of some sort, isn't it? Jewelry store. Yeah, jewelry store. And um, just that opening scene of the guys around the table just talking whether it's trying to remember a name from a book, whether it's um, Madonna's big dick, as it was, the, the argument of tipping, that every element, it's, it, as you said, it's witty banter that just keeps bouncing between some heavyweight actors in, in just really bringing their game. Really heavyweight yeah. actors. Yeah, just really bringing something, and you just, yeah. you just learn a piece about every character at that time. So, yeah, no, that's definitely, and the more you watch at the end of the film, you're like, okay, that makes sense. It all gets painted out. And I love that it's such a throwaway line, but it's a line that nobody ever fucking remembers. You know, Michael Madsen's arguably got the best lines in the film. Yeah. You know, yeah. All day, little doggy, or you're going to bite, you know, shit like that. Um, but there's that throwaway line from Mr. White, played by Harvey Keitel. It's like, you shoot me in your dreams, my friend. And you're going to apologize. <laughs> so good. That is so powerful. Even today, so I was like, you know what? That should have been on top 10 one-liners because it is a badass line. It's like, so bad. It's like, so many people remember it. No but... realm are you allowed to fuck with me. <laughs> like, that, that, it, it's not a playing field or multiverse where this is permitted. That is, that is, that is some serious level boss shit. Like, seriously. <laughs> shoot, shoot me in your dreams, you're going to have to wake up and apologize. Like, you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, so yeah that was that. my number nine. My number eight, I'm doing it. A... <laughs> I love this film. My favourite comedy of all time, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ah, nice ones. I'm, I'm actually shocked that we haven't hit anything just yet. But yes, that's another good one, actually. Completely skipped me. But yeah, Monty Python. Is... What is the opening scene? And then you pull back. And it's fucking coconut. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane comedy. Now, insane and the comedy. thing I love about it, that whole opening scene, is, you know, you've got this whole Arthur and they, they, they've essentially, essentially got an almost a scroll, don't they, with uh, the story of Arthur yeah. and that he's going looking for knights. And it, you hear this and you think, OK, horsies, right? We're going to pan down. No, it's a Monty Python production. We've got no budget. Coconuts. 
And then they, almost in a kind of breaking the fourth wall way, make a make a joke about what they're joking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, they get up to a village. It's like, who are you? I'm Arthur. King Arthur. I don't know you. You're not my king. <laughs> How'd you get coconuts here in England? <laughs> and then they start talking about a fucking, was it a raven or, or a blackbird or something? Like bringing the coconuts yeah, yeah. over? Well, you have, have to be an African blackbird if he was able to carry a coconut. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> it, it, it's weird as hell, but it just it, tells, it sets the tone for the film. You just know what you're in for. It's Monty Python humour. They're, they're classic. Like, yeah. Badness. Dude, it's just like, it, in terms of a movie grabbing you by the testicles and saying, laugh, motherfucker, it's like, I will abide. <laughs> I, I will agree to this, 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 this request. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, we could talk about Monty Python ad nauseum. There is not a wasted scene in that fucking no, film. No, no, no. It's, it's an all-time classic, all-time classic in terms of comedy. And it really it's always, is. Always, always a good laugh to have a bit of Monty Python. Yeah. I've got, like, their collection. I haven't done it in a while, but it's like, you need to just... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, all of them. All of them. I was going to say John Cleese, but the whole group just really yeah, brings yeah. up. Michael Palin, the lot oh, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Terry Gillingham, they're, they're, they're fantastic. They're geniuses, those boys. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice to see a group of guys that just came together and just made magic, and that's essentially what Monty Python was. They just knew what they were doing. And what I like about them is they knew when to stop. They just, all right, that's it. You know, don't, don't over-exaggerate. Don't let people get bored of them. You just hit them and vanish. Like, I say that a lot about, especially John Cleese. Like, look at Forty Towers. They never pushed it beyond 12 episodes. That was it. He said it. That was it. Two seasons. That's your lot. Don't ask for more. Regret <laughs> it. Man, I wish they'd made more because it I know. was gold. But do you know, it just says, if you know you can't write to that standard, leave it. It's, much, it's, it's that magic that they say, leave the crowd wanting more. You know? And that, that's what they've done. So, yeah. Well played. Well played. And there's, nice. that, yeah, there's that you, there's that you BBC series that pleases in now called I think it's called Mind the Sunset and it is fucking terrible. Really? It is absolutely terrible. Uh, it's, it's awful. And I think what there was a I can't remember which critic wrote this, but it, it was quite to the point. It was, it was something along the lines of if this is the series that got John Cleese out of retirement, I can only imagine how bad all the stuff that kept him in retirement was. Ooh. It is terrible. Damn, that's unfortunate. That is really unfortunate. But again, sometimes you just gotta stay down. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but just stay away from it. Just stay away from it. That's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. Very, yeah, heartbreaking actually. Over to you, Monami. Okay, right. Okay, in at number ten. This is the one where I said I've got you. Da dum. Da dum. Mate, yeah, Jaws. Um, had to bring it in. Any time you can raise Jaws is a good time. We've just got to be real with this one. When you think of it, when we talk about it set the tone of why people are scared of sharks, is that because it starts off with this pretty freaky dude, if I don't mind saying. Like, you've got this lady, they're all around the beach, and there's this dude, and then she's running away, and you're like, what's going to happen? Then she's in the water. She's going for a swim. She's running away. She's inviting him to go skinny dipping. I know, but I, I always found him a bit creepy anyway. But no, I could, she, could no. no, 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 no. Don't you paint a picture that's not there. She invites him on. She eggs him on. Really? They're, going to, they're going to do the horizontal tango, my friend. There you go. But Because I, I, I could kind of tell that you won't 
going to escape him from a swim. So maybe I just completely read that wrong. But here we go. Yeah, but anyway, she's, she's gone for a swim. She's got. She's gone for. <laughs> she's gone. He hasn't. And then he's, he's too drunk. Hear, That's why yeah. he doesn't get in order. Then you can hear the screams, the pain, oh. the. And she she ah, makes it to that Oh my god, the pain! Oh. Ah, ah. The screams just set the tone, and it's so amazing because you do not see a thing. It's ripples of water. It's not even like the shark fin at this point. No, it's no. Just the ripples of water and her reaction just sets the tone, and you're like, there's something in the water. It's an unseen monster yeah. in an element which we do not belong in. The sea is scary, and I say this as, you know, an underwater videographer. The sea is scary enough at the best of times. Shit, dude, the amount of hours I've spent underwater, you know of. But yeah. you, you put me out in the middle of the ocean just floating. I'm not comfortable. I, I can fully understand that. I can fully understand that. And, you know, what, one thing I thought of, and I thought of it quite a lot when I was a kid, actually. Well, not a kid, but a few years back, should I say. And um, it's hit me recently with the part of, like, Shad and Naya Rivera. The sea giveth and the sea taketh. You can't control the sea. <laughs> what water wants to do, water will do. And we have to respect that. Yeah. If, if the ice caps decide to melt tomorrow, we drown. Like, the, the, what water wants to do, water will do. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. So, yeah. And, yeah, there's that element. And then when you put a monster inside an element that has its own control, it gets... Shit gets real. Shit gets real scary. And it's the thing, the thing I found so powerful about that scene is, as the first, as you said, all you see is the movement of her above the water, sort of being yanked from side to side. It's the fact that she ends on that kind of, you know, that, oh, that same yeah, boy, yeah. and she's grabbing on, and then it still brings her under, and you realise, okay, this thing's got some strength behind yeah, it. Like, yeah. All these little things where you're like, shit. Okay. There is no escape. Like, you yeah. need to be on land to escape this, because even when you think you're in a safe spot, no, 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 no. He will take you. He will get you. And I say he for anyone who's like that. Why? Because he was called Bruce. <laughs> That's why I know it's a he and not a female shark. But yeah, it's 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 serious. It was okay. serious. There's going to be a lot of the Jaws diehards going, well, actually, in the third one, it's a female shark, so you don't know. It's like, That's the Well, I'm talking about the first film. I'm talking about the opening scene from the first film. So if you want to really get into it, get into it. But pay attention to the first line. Gross. <laughs> that's the one okay right in at number nine the other film that i said it just requires the opening this potentially could be a pun citizen kane no not in the list so i looked at it and i just had to really weigh out the option as i said this is where i could have possibly swapped golden eye or any other movie but without that line and it, it gives the thing about citizen kane with the way it starts is it feels quite horrific there i say yeah you have the big gates, you have the thunder, the lightning, and you just see a mouth. You don't even really see the face, and then you hear the words, Rosebud, and then, you know, the, I want it, it's not salt shaker, the snow shaker, the snowball drops, and it all crashes, and it's covered up, and then the film starts in the face. Snow that's, that's the one, thank you. Snow globe. how could I have missed that? But, like, then the film takes a different turn. It's not all happy, smiley, but then you're seeing the life of a person, and, you know, you've you got the, the old American press, like, extra, read all about it. American tycoon dies, and you're like, how did you get there? But then it is that word that that chills you. It's the first word of the film. It sends that chill, and you're like, hmm. And it is that whole story. You start to find out. Then you, once you find out, it's one thing. But then it's how does the world find out, and will they ever find out what it means, and how important it was, and 
you know, for all the riches in the world, what is or who is that thing? Rosebud is what, you know? And for me, okay, it's not the most iconic, if you would, in terms of like, it's the greatest opener, but it is so important. If you're going to talk about... There is no film without that. But this is it. This is it. And some people call this the greatest film of all time. Now, without that key point to the film, there is no film. So, as you said, you know, and that's why it came in for me at number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In at number eight. I don't know if you've seen this one. The Gods Must Be Crazy. I love it when you entertain me. No, I haven't seen this one. I haven't (laughs) even heard of this one. So The Gods Must Be Crazy is a film that released in 1980 and it's very much a it's a south african production actually um it's all in english and it's got a very british and it sounds like a documentary what i've actually found out is that the film was start it was spun off from the director who was filming a documentary of people living in the desert in the dare i call it this um not sahara oh why have i gone blank it begins with a k you're better than me geography help me out here South Africa. Kala- I've, got, I've got to say Kalahari. That sounds wrong. Kalahari, um, yeah. Kalahari, yeah. Wherever, uh, I just kept thinking it sounds like Kalamari. But yeah, the Kalahari Desert. I'm like, what? No, that's wrong. That's wrong. But it is the Kalahari Desert. Um, so basically, he was filming a documentary out there and he had this idea for this weird and wacky um, film. And it's actually spawned a lot of franchises. So what it actually starts off with is it shows you um, the world and it's like, this is the Kalahari Desert. And it shows you all the wildlife that lives there and, you know, animals drinking from the water and hole. But when it gets really hot, it gets dry and the animals leave. And, you know, they show you the, the blonde grass and everything that's there. And it goes, it's so dry that man can't live there, except for the small people of the Kalahari Desert. <laughs> and then you see these tribal... Weirdly familiar. Bro, I, I swear to you, and this is not a joke, I once had a dream... I don't know how it happened. Maybe my aunt was watching it in the distance or something. I had this dream of the film with all this madness. And then the next day, my aunt is watching the film. Like, I was thinking about something as weird as this. And I'm like, how did this come into my dream? So what happens is they show you how they survive, how they get water, how they kill even a snake. They they, Oh, the poisonous snake, um, you know, isn't, isn't seen as a threat. In fact, it's nice. In fact, it's delicious. And you see how they cake a snake, whack it, kill it, use the skin for make a pouch, use the meat to eat, all of those stuff behind it. And it shows you that. It then goes and it shows you this whole story of how the people of the Kalahari live. There is no crime. There's no hate. Everything is equal. Oh, utopia. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then it goes. No Donald Trump. <laughs> and then it says, and not more than 600 miles away is the civilized life. And then they show you what is society the way we know it, you know, and they actually show you in that the 80s. Well. So rife with apartheid. Pretty much. But what they're showing you is right. Is as much as we call it civilized, who is right and who is wrong. There's a lot living in utopia versus people in town who are just like man lives by this thing at seven zero zero. They all wake up at seven da 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 at eight zero zero. You sit down and pretend to look busy. And it's at that 10.015, you have a 15-minute break. And at this point, so they show you how society is from two different sides. Now, why is it called The Gods Must Be Crazy? And this is where it's very reminiscent to a film that isn't on my list, maybe on yours. They then show you what happens when the worlds kind of collide. Right? Now, in, this is all, it's a very long opener, but it works. I think it's within the first 15 minutes that it works. You see a guy with his plane flying over the desert, and he's drinking a Coke bottle. He's drinking the bottle of coke 
opens his window, drops the coke. One of the Bushmen have seen this and is like, oh, a gift from the gods. Because they've seen plays before and they'll be like, oh, the gods have eaten too much. They see the, you know, the white lines that are playing leaves. They're like, that's the flatulence. That's the way they see it in their world. They don't know what a plane is because they don't know society in this world. And he's now looking at this and he's like, oh, the gods have given us a gift. <laughs> so he's now seeing this Coke bottle, but doesn't understand what it's about. So he goes back to the village and they're all looking at it. And then they're like, oh, if you spin it, it, it helps weave the thongs. If you use it, it breaks the, the fruit and stuff a lot easier. You can make music. Just a question it. here. How did the Coke bottle not break from that height? Bro, it's the one thing that you might have to be like, ah, oh. but it, we're not talking like a jumbo jet. It's, it, this plane potentially could fly low. Is like, it a glass I, it, bottle? It is a glass bottle. Even I was like, hmm. But once taking that part aside because i remember i was talking to my dad about a plane recently and he's like some of them fly low to me no matter what drop it would drop but then if i can drop a glass in my sink and it can break do you know what i don't (laughs) think it's just the land that it was because it was quite soft it like makes an imprint in like the sand bro it was it's a minor detail it's it's creative liberty in filmmaking i I can handle it it's just even even when i saw it as a kid i was like what I'm sure it would have broken. As you said, drop it in your sink. You know, you, you we all panic when the glass is about to drop. Like, I don't want to get it. Oh, thank God it survived. But yeah, it dropped from the plane. <laughs> it's there. But so then you start to see how they use it as a tool. But they said the problem that the gods made was they only gifted one. So now you start to see that, you know, this person wants to use it, but that person wants to use it. And now you see how it's not become a necessity. It becomes a want. Like they want sole ownership of this. And it just eventually it starts off as that he wants to return the gift back to the gods because it causes trouble now there is jealousy there is anger between it but it's so well thought out and shows like the way two things and a simple one item just changes the world it was i really loved it as an opener it's a good film to see it's a wacky kind of film. i like it i like the sound of it the gods must be crazy yeah, yeah i'll yeah. check it out i like it for sure, for sure so yeah that's that one for me that was your eight yeah that was my number eight only done three movies each from already in nearly 40 minutes <laughs> God damn. right uh my number seven we're back in the land of quentin tarantino inglorious bastards that is a punt thought so my number six from my favorite director of all time mr stanley kubrick 2001 a space odyssey that's what i said it reminded me of Right. <laughs> that's the one where it reminded me of and didn't make the list so that's where I was I, I watched it I'll be honest I haven't even watched the, the whole film yet this is the actual haven't seen the whole film yet and I knew that everyone's like this is the film this is the film to see the, the grand opening of love the Ric Flair theme song that always gets me a bit pumped and I should never call it that because 2001 yeah, came out first you would die, exactly. <laughs> right I get that but it was that whole opening of the dawn of civilization and again I'll let you take over because you've got more affinity for it. 15 minutes of no dialogue, much like in There Will Be Blood, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. And sadly, you didn't make either of our lists, I'm guessing. Sad. Um, That would have been a shout, actually. Yeah. Uh, Fuck! Damn it! God damn it! Um, But yeah, 15 minutes of no dialogue. And I I believe this is 60s or 70s this one was made in, so it... 63, yeah, it could be, yeah. has aged there is some age to it no doubt it is definitely men in costumes it wasn't no mocap <laughs> in them days men yeah. in costumes you can 68, see that the costumes are not the best you can you can clearly but for see its time you give it its credit but it's what the film's evoking it's about you know 
And it raises interesting questions of how much have we actually fucking changed since then? Because essentially it's about two warring monkey factions, isn't it? And it's about yeah. discontent within monkey or primate or or a Neanderthal society, however you're interpreting it, right? Um, about warring within society, about interfaction warring, all the way up until the point where they discovered tools. But then the first thing they use tools for is destruction and death and killing. Yeah. Yeah. And it really makes you wonder, like, so, atoms. We drop a bomb on people, yeah? How much have we really changed? Well, it's, it's true. It's true. I Just... mean, it's a Neanderthal in the White House at the moment, so <laughs> not that far. I'm not going to be to beat, mate. No, no, I know. I've just been thinking. I don't actually think there's been an episode about it. But no, um, no, you're right. And it, it does show that the more things change, the more they stay the same. It just it just evolves. But the same basic mentality of man is still there. And it's once you start having that power shift, which is really funny that we are talking about it just right after the gods must be crazy, because it is that same value of you can live harmoniously when everything's the same. The minute there's a shift in power, something, you know, just a simple possession that gives you that tool to be able to eliminate the enemy, how you use it, you know. And again, you know, let's shout out Stan Lee. With great power comes great responsibility. You have the power in your hand. As corny as it sounds, you know, my God, it's quite inspired, man. But think of it. It's more than Spider-Man when you think of that. You have this power in your hand. How are you going to be responsible with it? Yeah, you chose to eliminate your enemy or you chose not to share it. You know, it, there are so many different values because you can have a more harmonious world in that sense. So, most definitely. Yeah, it's... That's an all-timer. Yeah. And it's such a weird transition that we go from Neanderthals discovering the use of tools up to Sal and freaking space and mad. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm on board. It's a big old switch, but I'm on board. But it's life. This is essentially is off. How much have we actually changed? Indeed, indeed. Not much. Um so that yeah. I wish I could add more, but that's that one. So that was your number six, yeah? See. My number seven. Um Final Destination Two. Oh good shot. <laughs> now, is, is, is it is it one of the greatest films of all time no like it's, it's fun but what an opening now i'll be honest final destination 2 was also my entry into the final destination franchise which is a franchise i do have a lot of affinity for actually i, yeah, I could give definitely. that some time and it, it was just progressively that, worse and worse i know but what they also tried to do let's say final destination one was and like if i remember rightly it was a plane crash so you knew what was happening and you stopped this one was it expanded. And from this, each time they made a new film, they wanted to expand oh, on the madness of what have, how have you avoided death? How many people have avoided death in it? Like, it gets crazier and crazier. But this one was just the the most basic. And you kind of feel like, you know there's an accident because you're seeing one person drive, then you see another car, you see one guy smoking, um, one guy smoking, another one drinking, one snorting crack. There's the police, there's this. There's that all these different elements going on. There's a kid just, like, tapping cars, and you're like, that's a bit awkward. Maybe that's going to cause a distraction. No, it's not. And then it starts. One tree trunk drops. This guy gets killed. By him doing that, the cyclist drops. He falls off. Oh, it's this and it's just this chain reaction that causes multiple deaths. It's, you know, we, we all talk about horrific accidents. And thank, you know, touch wood, something that bad. And pop, you know, shit's luck, would you say? Sod's law has created such a chain reaction of deaths. And again... 
it, 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 it just, again, it sets you for the film like, oh my days. And then it's like, okay, it's a premonition. I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. It's a premonition. Don't film if it's not a premonition. But, you know, in a way of, my God, this is how people could have died and it's all been avoided. Yeah. You're like, wow. And it set the tone for the rest of the franchise. Final Destination was setting the tone of avoiding death. Final Destination 2 set the tone of how did they avoid death and just take it that bit further. So it was great fun for me. Yeah. It's it yeah because a plane crashes while it's terrible and horrific. There's not so much you can show with it other than you know plane blowing up or if you're inside the I guess the chassis of the chassis of the plane you see people being eviscerated and this was it yeah this went this felt very slow mo in comparison <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it's not that for anyone who didn't hear that I just gave two click of a finger it wasn't that it was. A create B, recreate C, create literally A to Z of art. Oh, oh, let's show the car being crushed. Let's show the let's show the wooden log going through someone's head. Let's show a wheel decapitating someone. It's like motherfucker, give me a break. And even bits when you think like, oh, that cyclist took a bump. No, that's not the end of it. His bike is going to hit him, followed by another log, which is then going to crush him and kill him. Like you're like, oh my days. <laughs> like it just it just takes it up. It just ups it one by one. So yeah. It, Good job. Had to be mentioned. Had to be mentioned. Okay. Six, yeah? That was my seven. Seven. So you're My six. number six is another horror, but you're going to be like, it's not horror, it's a comedy. It's the, and I know you're going to agree with me here, because as much as you may hate the rest of the film, this part was traditional horror. Scream one. Punt. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> and that means it's not even your five, so I love that. Cool. Over to you, number five. Uh, train spotting. Honourable. Dude, I was watching it today and I was like, damn. That's a fucking opening. Yeah. Intro to each person followed by your view on society at the same time. Renton running running away, reciting a famous anti-drug campaign called Choose Life. Ending with him lying in a, you know, in a fucking drug den going... I chose not to choose life and reason Goonies reasons when you've got heroin. It's fuck me. I know, I know. I was like, what the hell? And it just shows you a complete different lifestyle. But the utopia that it gives them, sadly, I don't even. Want, I'm not endorsing drugs by any means because I chose life. But like when you know, when you look at what they were saying there, it was like, damn. But you could see why they're doing it. Essentially, it's it's that dark rabbit hole that some people you know have taken but it was like wow wow it just it just shows you all these different bits you're like what a start it's mad absolutely mad have you got around to watching number two yet no and actually when i was even watching the opener again today i was like damn i need to do this i need to do this please put it on your list mate that's one you've got oh it's on the list it is on the list i just need to it's all to do with timing you'll be really pleasantly surprised how good the second one is yeah, I hear you. I it, hear it's you. it's genius. I mean, I've read the monologue. You have, you have, and like that's arguably better than the first. But yeah, the second one's so fucking good. I love I, it. I will hit it. I will hit it for sure. Very soon. Very very soon. And what's needs- fun is in the second one they explain why it's called Train Spotting, and then when you actually go back and watch the first one, and you see some of the details that haven't been explained, it's like, oh shit. 
Yeah, okay. Oh, you got me even more. You have got me even more because I've always found it a weird name. I don't even want you to explain or hint at it. I want to go back and like discover it for myself. So that is They explain cool, it in the very, very, very last scene of the second film. Perfect. Uh, I can wait. <laughs> I can wait. Genius. Some people say that there's a homeless guy who explains it to them before and it's like, no, you've missed the point if that's what you think. Interesting. Now, now I think we have a debate on our hands. Yeah. Hmm. You got me. You got me. You got me. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. nice. But Trainspotting's a classic. And it's one of those, um, it's difficult as very well Scottish. <laughs> You've got to be ready for the accent. It's shy being Scottish. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely recommend that to anyone who's not seen it. And this is early. Debut Ewan McGregor or early Ewan McGregor? Early, I can't early. remember. Early, yeah. It's definitely worth a watch, people. Definitely worth a watch. Look what I happens guess. when you get clean. You go from being a jogged up Scotsman to being Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of trip, man. Stay off drugs. That's the one. That is the one, most definitely. Great shout. Great shout. As I said, on the honourable list, it was there and I just like, couldn't put it in. Okay. Your number five. Deadpool. Deadpool wins it for two reasons. One, for the credits, just the way it starts off completely insane. It's got that very slow-mo moving around and you, you watch it like, my God, what's going on? But then as you're watching it, you're listening to, you're, you're reading the credits and like Sarin, the Hollywood asshole. I can't remember what it said. It has all these weird bits and you're like, what the Some hell? Some jokes you didn't trust in this movie. Yeah. All <laughs> That's of that. the one that always gets me. I'm like, fucking hell, man. And it, it broke that fourth wall in that sense. But then once you move past the actual opening credits, the best bit is you start on what some people thought was fake. What was Ryan... Reynolds' campaign to get the film. It was trailer to get the film, and it's the beginning of the film. It's Deadpool sitting on the highway, and there's... It just hit me that I've got, like, two highways back-to-back. <laughs> wasn't intentional. Um, final destination of this. And it was just that that whole mad scene that was the trailer, which was his campaign to let's make this film happen. And the madness... <laughs> It's just the craziness that is Deadpool. And you're like, this works. Now, as much as my opinions have been, of this film have been knocked and it's still hard for me to watch it, I credit what? it. What, 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 what? What do you mean it's um, hard for you to watch camp- it? Campiest 10 out of 10 with that adoration that I wanted to. I can still watch Deadpool. I still enjoy Deadpool, but yeah, I always have that. amazing. I just, I kind of lean more to two than one for some reason. But, but. No, no way, no how. It's no just, way, no it's how. It's just the way that they hit me. I just, don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed it. I, I, it's one of those things I know if I hit it back with a clean head, I'm cool. But I was at that Have you seen time. it the once? No, I've watched it about two or three times, but it was, yeah, but I need to, I need to step away, come back. Like, I know what I'm going for now and just appreciate the film as opposed to this overly hyped sense. I, I've never been more pumped for a film than Deadpool. No, no comic book movie, possibly Black Panther. And again, I still came back with that same... Endgame, motherfucker, come on. No, but that would never let me down. But They've been pumped. Yeah, Those true, words. true, true. But Deadpool and Black Panther had me on a high pump that I came back with like, yeah, okay, you're good, but it's not that expectation I wanted. Endgame did not let me down. Black Panther. Like, yeah, you were good, but... Yeah. yeah, that was it. But yeah, no, that Deadpool definitely definitely hit the beats that you needed and i love the fact that you chose a marketing campaign that made the film and you're like you know what you know like you watch a trailer and like oh fuck here we go you show me 95 percent of the film this one was done it's like yeah the trailer 
the campaign is the beginning of the film. Let's move on. Story told. Yes, you keep bouncing back to it, but it was done in such a way that even I didn't picture it to be done that way. There's so, so many moments in that opening that make me laugh. Oh, yeah, too many, too many. Like when it, he's lying on the floor and he sort of puts the gun up between his crotch and shoots the guy backwards. <laughs> or when Colossus is like, what have you done here? And there's the guy that falls off the billboard. He's like, oh, he was there already. He breathes the smoke from his guns. Oh, I'm touching myself tonight. <laughs> yeah, so much, so much greatness in it. No, it, it was great. And I just had, I had to, for all the stick I had given Deadpool, I had to give it credit where it was due. And this is most definitely it. And the best line of the movie when he's regrowing his hand. I do, I need to touch myself. I bet it feels huge with this little hand. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong, but so funny. So wrong, but so funny. Spat my coke out in the cinema when I saw, <laughs> what? <laughs> And there were children in the cinema. Parents, you should be ashamed. Yeah. I do have another joke like that, which is really, really bad. Do you remember Jeremy Beadle? Of course. I didn't know that he had one hand bigger than the other. I didn't actually know that. How did you know that? Yeah, he did. Um, But (laughs) the joke, guys, please bear with me. It's wrong. It is wrong, but it's a joke. He's sadly gone. But the joke was very, very similar to Deadpool. And sometimes I wonder if they knew about it. It was, um, Jeremy Beadle has a small penis. On the other hand, it's huge. (laughs) (laughs) So wrong, but so hilarious. You just gotta love. Good work, yeah. apologies, guys. We are too duty. I know it's what we do, but it is what we is. We're not for everyone. But yeah, so Deadpool was my number five. Yeah. Apparently, on this podcast, we're too duty and we we bash women. Apparently. Apparently. Mm. Fuck them. Not the women, the people who said that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly that. Over to you, sir. With your number four. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite fantasy films of all time, Lord of the Rings. Nice, nice. I've never seen it, have you? Lord of the Ring. No, I have. First I've seen part. One and two. Oh, you've seen one and two. Seen one and two. So, two three. The first part's actually quite drawn out, and that's yeah, a good thing because it, it talks about the forging of the great rings. Three for the elven lords, and uh, three for the elven lords, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine rings for men who above all desired power and then the one ring created by Sauron and Mount Doom and then it opens with that fucking battle on the plains of Gorgoroth with this like and that really sets the pace for how huge in scale this film is going to be because that opening battle is gargantuan I know it pales when you think of the battles that follow it but you're like this is the opening (laughs) Jesus and some reason I was thinking the Shire, legions. but yes, I'm, yeah. No, not the Shire. I'm talking about the no, legions no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, of orcs yeah. descending upon the armies of elves and men. And then the slicing of the ring of yeah. Sauron's hand and everything. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> I am in. I am so in. Uh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, but hey, for some reason, I kept picturing the Shire. That's why I was like, beautiful. No. Now what you're talking about is... Beautiful, but in a different sense. Like, yeah, they really did. It, yeah, I remember it. A bit hazy, I'm not going to lie. I 
yeah, I think the shy is <laughs> what I remember at the beginning with like Gandalf coming to visit and all of that. But yeah, I do vividly remember. I need to really give Lord of the Rings a decent run, I'll tell you, in honesty. But I do briefly remember you need that. To that do that with me, my friend. I could do. I could do. I, could do. I, I think I'm, I might. She should not object. I know she won't. I know she won't. I just feel I might feel a bit guilty if I'm kind of still like, don't get it. Like, I, I get it, but I have not. I'm the black box to you. <laughs> this is where I'm like, maybe I don't want to do it with someone who's so affinity, you know, has so much affinity to it that I might be offended. Conversely, you also might have my affinity rub off on you a bit. Potentially. There you go. There, there are two sides to it. I know it's definitely not one on the list to be watched with the missus. I just know it <laughs> in anticipation, but I do need to do it. So, yes, it may well be with yourself. Maybe the four of us. Maybe the four of us. Who knows? <laughs> I can't be having hearing shit like, why do they have pointy ears? I can't <laughs> no, no, be no, hearing no, no. shit. But after what no. she said about lightsabers, I'm very apprehensive. <laughs> She's a national treasure. She's not national funny. Treasure. Not cool. And a magical sword. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? But no, 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 no. Yeah, but no, good shout, um, Lord of the Rings. Good to see that franchise being called up, actually, because. Peter Jackson created magic with that. He's not been able to recapture, dare I say. No, not no, 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 he is not. He there, is are, not. there are just certain things you just can't be... You know, there are certain things that just can't be redone. It is no. what it is. It is so what it much is. so that the remake of Lord of the Rings, they're not doing it as a movie. They're not even doing it in that same age. They're doing it as the biggest budget Amazon Prime series of all time. But they were scared to do the story of the One Ring, so they're doing it going for some of the older material is that we're lord of the rings but yeah even lord of the rings is scared of lord of the rings that's That's how good it is yes there you go there you go and no it needs credit to be mentioned where it does so well played that's all i ask i would i i he does he does it he does it well that i can say from the films i have seen i he, he captured me i was like You've owned this. When you picture it here, again, brilliant in it, but like Ian. Yeah, McKenna, yeah, yeah. No, he does. He does. There, there are certain people who I don't think can be re. I mean, I've, I've always said this. You know, I've always said you can't recast the Joker when people like come to London. Um, we'd also be remiss to not say R.I.P. to Bilbo. R.I.P. to Bilbo. We'd also be remiss to not to say R.I.P. to Saruman. Christopher Lee's no longer with us. Of course. Damn, yes, of course, of course. What was Christopher Lee's last film? The Hobbit. Damn. Damn. Who was one of Christopher Lee's friends at school? J.R.R. Tolkien. Nuts. That is nuts. That is something to take it, actually. That's nuts. I don't even know that. If you wow. listen to the documentaries, the makings of the extended Lord of the Rings, where they've got all the car, and, and put it this way, the makings of, or as long as the movies, there's three hours for each one. There's Do you know what's really funny? Though? Three hour making of Two Towers, three hour making of Return of the King, and you listen to what these actors went through together and how they grew as people and what this experience meant to them. But what they all say in common is that having Christopher Lee on set was like having the ghost of Tolkien present because they were so close because he knew exactly how the languages should be spelled. Like, he speaks fucking Mordor. He speaks Orkish for Christ's sake. He can recite Ashnaz Grimpatur and all that. He, he knew it without even reading up on it. And he uh, knew like that character would behave in that way. That line would be set up. That one would be slightly down. It was literally like having Tolkien on set with him. That's what everyone said. 
That's nice. That's nice. I actually, and I'm not shitting on the film when I say that. I actually, and it's just the way my mind is, me and the biopics and all that stuff. I think I might actually even appreciate the documentary more in a sad way, just to see the making of it. I, and I'm not shitting on the film or what it's got yeah. um, in saying that. that. Is, those are, to this day, the best documentaries I've ever seen. And it's not because it's with an IP I love, but it's just because I've never seen anything which captures a human experience. You know, when you say human experience, it doesn't always have to evoke some sort of sad emotion out of you. You know, 13th, that's a human experience. Yeah. That's fucking tragic what they depict in that. But to show... Because they were filmed over a year, you know? They filmed these this nine hours of documentary over the course of an entire year. And to see how these people come together, how they start off as strangers, how... Here's a fun one. Viggo Mortensen, who plays Aragorn, right? <laughs> He originally didn't take the role. He got a phone call. They, there's this famous scene of him in the documentary going, well, you know, I got a phone call from, uh, from Peter. And it was, uh, and then it cuts to Peter Jackson going, yeah, you know, we called Vigo up and he was, uh, we said to him, hi, we'd like you to, to come and play Aragorn. We need you to fly out to New Zealand. All right, yeah, well, when do you want me to do that? Uh, tomorrow. Vigo puts the phone down. And then it cuts actually back to Peter Jackson going, I've actually got Vigo's son to thank for this because Vigo had never heard of the books. Vigo hadn't read them. His son was a huge fan. Uh, and his son talked Vigo into going for the role. That's nuts. That's it's, mad. It's just peppered with these amazing little sort of nuggets of human emotion throughout. And it's, it, nice. it's incredible, mate. The documentary adds even more to the movies, if anything. Interesting. You see the scale of what they went through to make this these films like it's fucking insane. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. Damn. Not only got fucking nine hours of movies to watch, you've got another nine hours of documentaries to watch. Hey, eighteen-hour marathon. Let's do it. That's it, boy. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, right over to me. Is it my number four? four. Inglorious Bastards. The punt. The punt. Right. Shoshana. <laughs> There is so much in this, and this is when we talk about Tarantino when he writes well. Right. When he writes well, and then mix that with Christoph Waltz, and you have just got oh. magic. Goosebumps when you said the name Christoph Waltz. I that this is one of the great acting performances. Yeah, yeah. He is and, a fucking powerhouse in this film. Big time, big time. It he you wait for him in this film, and that's with the highest respect to Brad Pitt and everyone else in there. It is literally about Christoph Waltz throughout the film. And, you know, what I love, and it just shows how diverse he is, is that he does a French opening. And then he's like, as a German, he's like, uh, if, if we could, could we find a mutual language? And it's like, switch to English. And but it's the politeness, the gallantry in which he says it. Because I don't wish to offend you in your own household, and I may have a shortcoming in language, I would kindly ask you with your permission, please, that we switch to English, yeah. if that's okay. And it's like... This guy's so fucking charming and so evil at the same time. That is exactly it. Every sentence is in the polite, research, like, very educated man. In a way of a person that you can't get angry with him, even though he represents all evil. Like, you're, you're, what you're saying is disgusting, but you deliver it in such a way that it's like, wow, like, I'm listening. You're, you're being polite. And with that politeness, it actually makes it uneasy because it's like, how can you talk about it so casually? Yeah, your view of another human race being diminished so badly, and your <laughs> the poetry of the eagle and the rat is just like whoa. 
and it, it hits you in the way. And then there's the eagle and the rat. Then there's the rat and the squirrel. All of these analogies that just have you like, wow. Wow. And then there's the cinematography behind it of while all of this is going on, you know, there are people underneath. Then there's the escape. It's just so much to take in for an opening. Tension. The fucking tension. And the camera tricks they do in it, having it wide and then up close and showing the tear coming down the eye when he knows to save his family, he's got to betray the people that he's trying yeah. to save. It's like there is so much going on in that opening scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck, uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Even saying it now, that, oh, as you said, like that, the sweat and the lie, but the, the goosebumps came back. It just has it to you. It just has you on edge in such a way. Um, and it's really funny because drops the line. It's when he goes from being all sort of smiley and he says, "You're hiding Jews under your floorboards, aren't you? Yeah. You're harboring enemies of the state, aren't you? So I'm now gonna switch back to French, and you're going to play along with my little charade. But before I do that, you're going to point to me where they're hiding. And it's like, oh God, oh God. Yeah. Uh, and it's really funny because when it comes to Inglorious, this was a film I had a lot of difficulty finishing. I just couldn't get into it post that, if you would. Me too. The first few times was a bit of a trudge, and then it, you know, more you go back and watch it, more yeah. it grows. more you can watch it, yeah. But there was that thing that, no matter how, and I kept saying I have to go back because of the impact of the opening of this film. Mm. And the rest just, the rest of the film pales in comparison. It does. It's, no matter which way, no matter how many times I could finish it now, it will not hit that same tone as the beginning. Well, there are certain that, parts. That scene in the tavern is is quite. Was, that is exactly what I was going to bring up. When it comes to the number three, that was I was like, huh? And that that shows you the mindset of Tarantino. But still, say prior to the number three. Oh you know, yeah. The way that Fassbender's character arrives and that you know dressed as um as an SS officer and he's trying to hang out with. Diane Kruger is the informant and he sat at their table and then the other Germans try to socially come and join into them and then eventually he gets angry, pulls rank and says, you know, leave. But then there's a Gestapo guy in the background who says, I do have the authority to ask you questions and then he gets involved in this. Oh, my God. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, yeah, to <laughs> now, be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that, almost that. unbearable, that scene. Yeah, it is, it is. Yes, okay, you 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 knocked me there because that is what it is major. But it, to me, those are the two scenes you have a bit of a laugh inside the cinema world. They won't they, and then like that's not how history went. But fair enough, you know you have those. But those two moments, but that opening, I just remember because I've watched that more than anything else in the film. Like the amount of times I was like, I can't do this film later, later. That has always been my impact in part for Inglorious Bastards, a hundred percent. So yeah, it was on both our lists. So really not much film. more to say. Okay, over to you. Your number three. Not Savenya, the thank Lion you, King. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're talking the remake? The animated. Or... Okay, okay. I was torn on both. I really wanted to touch this one, actually. The live action, incredible. But it's a scene-for-scene scene recap of the yeah. original, so I'm just going to go with the original. It, to be fair, it shouldn't even be a question, because it is the exact scene-for-scene. Scene. I'll give you that as well, to be it's fair. It's basically the same thing. Just one's live action, one's animation. I'm just going to go with what came first. Yeah. No, it's no, not no. like one's better than the other. They're the same damn thing. <laughs> just the photorealism captured me. That's why I, I kind of leaned on the other one, but it's beautifully shot. Um, it's on the honourable, to be fair. Is this your only animation, yeah? It's my only animation. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I had Lion King. And to be fair, Aladdin, but it's once the credits stop going and he goes into the cave, the first guy, 
kind of got me, but Lion King did tip it more. Those were the two, like, but definitely beautiful. I mean, that's how you do an opening of a movie. Yeah. That's yeah. sunrise and then showing the, you know, the. Though actually, I'll say I prefer the animated version and I'll tell you why. There were certain things you could get away with that you couldn't do in the photo reel. Yeah, there's one or two moments and it's specifically with Rafiki. I preferred him in the animation, you know, because he's got his kind of walking stick. And then in the animation, he hugs Mufasa as opposed to in the live action, sort of just... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, he's got the sort of rattle for Simba. Uh, But, you know, in the live action, he breaks a piece of root. So actually, I'll go as far as to say I prefer... There was just because it's just the small touches, isn't it? I think even some of the animals, I think, was it the zebras or something? There's there's a slight touch of movement that they do that's slightly different in the animation, just because animation allows you to be slightly unrealistic, whereas when you're photo real, you don't want to then take you away from the situation. Yeah. Yep. This is it. And I mean, the beautiful song put together. There's a slight irony, if I'm being cynical, of Praise the King. You know, when Rafiki's holding him up and they all bow, it's like, motherfucker's going to eat you in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funny thing about the Jungle Book is that they don't really show... Lion King. Yeah, that's a Jungle Book, didn't I? What's that, Dick? The Lion King doesn't... It doesn't... Um, you, uh, me, not you, when I said that. But, like, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's too harmonious, isn't it? It's just too harmonious. Everyone's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And it's like, well, he is legit really going to eat you. And you do yeah. see them eat them. But it's like it's like the happy sacrifice, isn't it? You never really think, like... It's that, and you get away with it later when Mufasa talks about how the circle of life works and they go back to the grass and the antelope eat the grass so we're all connected. It's like, okay, I'll follow that. That's fine. I like it. I like the poetry behind that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, that is how you do an opening of a movie. It's freaking incredible. No, you got me. You got me. I fully agree. I fully agree. No, it was unmanorable. I really wanted to put it in, actually, and I just couldn't because of the 10. <laughs> it's not easy sometimes. It hurts sometimes to have to eliminate. So, yeah. no, I loved it. My number three is The Matrix. Honorable. I just thought of it talking about uh, Trinity's escape right yeah just when the phone the whole film starts and there's like the police there and Agent Smith turns up and then at this point you actually don't know who the good or bad guy is <laughs> you know and then it's like um we've secured the perimeter my men are already in oh your men are already men. dead yeah like, we're coming down the stairs no lieutenant your men are already dead <laughs> and you're like what and then when you see the actual fight scene and this is bullet time done right none of that crouching tiger hitting crap like this is the one and it's just the escape like he starts to chase then she's running away and she's on the phone and she has to get to her phone box and you're like huh but carrie Ann moss delivered some ass kicking yeah in that film at that you're, moment you're not going to believe literally just now sorry to cut you off but this is a fan selection episode eunice has literally just messaged us as we're recording <laughs> So I put a shout out to him last night just to warn him, like, Eunice Manji, we're recording your podcast tomorrow. We'll shout you out on the episode. Any show, socials you want us to plug? And I said to him, also, what are your top 10 opening scenes? Want to read your list out as well. And he's come back. Thank you, guys. have been great and have, shout- and have shouted me out more than enough. So no worries there. He sent me a top 10. I'm not going to read it out until we've delivered ours. 
but I just think it's going to be kind of one of those meta magical moments where Eunice is going to listen to this podcast, podcast, hear it back at the moment where I'm like, Eunice has just messaged us. <laughs> Be like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> anyway, sorry, back to the main. Yeah, no, that, but yeah, it was just kick ass, and that was, you know, she laid the groundwork for the film. Honestly, without that, as much as it's the surreal, Carrie Ann Moss delivered this, this resistance, this fighter, this style. Um, it just kicked off what The Matrix is. As much as I don't care for anything that comes after The Matrix 1, um, The Matrix yeah, 4 is coming. There's a few scenes in The Matrix 2. Love them. That motorway, scenes, that freeway scenes. scene. Yeah, I've, I've talked enough motorways today. I can't really bring up a phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, like, no, you have some great moments. But in terms of storytelling and an actual film, I don't care for two or three. I've just got to put it out there. Whereas this one really captured it. And it was that opening scene that just threw you into a, we're in a new age of cinema. Sadly, it didn't evolve much further than that. We had, uh, I think it's because it tried to be overused in this time. And then it was just reused so badly that everyone's walked away from it. That it became a spoof of itself. But in that initial time, it just gave us something so fresh that I loved it all. Yeah. Yeah. And number four is coming out. Yeah, as I said, it's coming. I will be watching John Wick 4 at the time. Hey, Definitely. The silver screen dudes do um, multiple movies in a day, so we may do both, but we'll still go to John Wick first. <laughs> Speaking of Keanu, you heard that Bill and Ted's been moved to video on demand. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I think that's the right move, to be honest. It was never I'm not too hard. It, it, it would have in the here and now. So as a summer, let's do it, yeah. But in a thing of pushing it back, it's like, you know what? What it's going to make is not worth the pushing back and remarketing. Just, just, just put it out there. I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah. Okay, sir, you're number two. Well, same as two things are sure in life with you. Death Taxes, AJ, talking about comic book movies, which you've done already. I did, I did. Um, down. I like a good old reference. What up, Star Wars reference? Star Wars, man. We, the opening, yeah, the original what? opening scene. This came out in 1977 after the crawl. The camera pans down across the stars, and across the top of the screen, you get Leia's Corellian spaceship running away from a freaking star destroyer. Now, I'm sorry, you put yourself in the scope of someone in 1977. Audiences must have been like, Jesus fucking Christ. Bro, I, I, I get this, and I, I, I like it. It's good. Um, I actually wanted episode seven. That was the other one that hurt me to not put in. That was my Star Wars moment. So, yeah, so episode seven is literally like for it's, like it's, it's, it's the mirror it's the mirror but I'm, I'm gonna hit you now we, we we said that there's only one number one yeah you've left out one like we both said there's a number one which i think we've both got but then you've left out like my number two i can't believe hasn't made your list anyway most likely made yeah but no but could uh, yeah, probably one of those that hurt you to not have in but Comic i get book? you no interesting well, I can't because you deleted it for me. Well, it wouldn't have been Batman Forever. <laughs> no, Batman Forever is not deleted. However, Dark Knight is. Yeah. <laughs> the, Dark, the Dark Knight is an honourable. Okay, cool. But um, no, there's another film out there. Um, also, T2. You didn't have that one either. But fair enough. It's cool. T2, refresh my memory. There we go. Opening, I, I need your clothes, your boots, your motorcycle. You've also that's got... not the opening. The opening is the future. It starts off. No, no, no. I'm sure it starts off uh -huh. with the, the, is in the future. The cop turns up first. No, 
the cockatoo. It's the robot crushing the skull with his foot, and then it pans up to show the Terminators without the fucking flesh on. I swear that's the opening of the second one. Maybe. Maybe. I knew it was deleted, so I didn't even go back. But anyway, it's fine. But yes, no, Star Wars, be it episode three or episode seven, there's a lot in it. Episode four or episode seven. Four, three is unlimited yeah. power! What yeah. Up, um, great. yeah. That's why. That's why it's number three to me, because we don't talk about the actual number three. Ah, nice save. But, um, no. What gave me not episode seven over episode four was that power that Kylo had. But it's your experience, that of one. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's the only thing that tipped it. But I know in terms of the the intro, the power, that crawl, again, when we talk, I just talked about the Matrix being something we've never seen before, that crawl was delivered in such a way. You know, you had credits before in the film, but that crawl, that's only there. Everyone calls it the Star Wars entrance, intro. Like, yeah. you know it as that. It's that. And then no yeah, matter what you see crawl, after. The ships coming across the screen, like coming from the top of the screen downwards, you know, for the force perspective to create the sense of, uh, to create the sense of scale. Um, and then, you know, it pans out to the front and you've got this chase ensuing and then it cuts to inside the ships and you've got this squeaky clean, crystal clear whiteness. And then, of course, enter the greatest cinema villain ever made, Darth Vader, black on white. You know, it's just yeah. all the imagery going on there was just so perfect. No, it's a good shout. It's a great shout. It's a great shout. You, you definitely have my appreciation for that one. Different Star Wars, but same, same appreciation. So, yeah, most definitely good one. Okay. Number two. You've got this one. Number two, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Is, there's an intro for a film. Like, <laughs> I could see, we are over Skype, but Skype does have video call, and I could just see, not only has this man gone red, his face is in his fist, like, Damn. Damn. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not going to talk for a few minutes. <laughs> no, feel free to. Like, not one. But it is that opening where we have... It starts not worthy. I do not deserve to walk over to you. <laughs> it's the opening. You start off, we've got Harrison Ford, you've got Alfred Molina, who I was, you know, Doc Ock to me. Like, I'm like, he, he starts off in the film and they're going through this escapade, through this jungle. And then... You enter the tomb and it just sets this tone of, you know, something ominous is going on. You feel that this danger is going to come on. And then this adventurous danger, you know, you start with the, the weighing and the swapping. And then you think you're getting away. Cue the ball. Cue the madness of dodging this, avoiding that and coming out. And you're like, huh. Away from the tribes. Yeah, all of it, all of it. And the amount of times this has been spoofed, like it had it not been for what I'm sure we both agree is our number one again. Again, I thought 2001 was the only one that scared me. So I think we do have the same number one because it is an intro. But <laughs> this one is... <gasps> and I remember, and this is... Because I'll be honest, um, Indie 3 was my first one, our favourite. Um, why have I complained on this name? Last Crusade. And The Last Crusade. I had seen that, but then I'd seen the spoof of the other one, of raiders of the lost ark so many times in cartoons hot shots everything i can't it was a hot shot one of the spoof shows it forever came up and then i finally got to see raiders and i was like this is your opening <laughs> like, <laughs> my god no wonder this guy's got a franchise if you start your freaking franchise with this you have got the world and uh, yeah yeah it's love it love it <laughs> yep <laughs> you're right there mate <laughs> 
You're number one. Shall we? Just, or would you like to add? I'm trying to manifest anger <laughs> constructively. Uh, so worst. Worst. Okay. Yeah. True. Before number one, what was your worst? Scream. No, you're taking the piss now. Let me explain. No. The opening of Scream. A film right. set the tone. <laughs> the film sucks. No. I know. Go. I know. The opening of Scream is great and that's why it's my worst because this motherfucker tricked me into thinking the rest of the film is going to be good but that tells you it's a great opening you can't the rest of it it's a great opening the it title is tricked me i have feelings about being misled bro if you told me biggest letdowns that's another topic but you can't say a great film a great opening it's not a great film no this is what Very i'm saying you can't film. say a great a great opening. Bro, no, no. It goes back to what oh, I said yes, in Lord yes. of War. No, like, it goes back to what I said in Lord of the War. It tricked me. It, How dare you trick your silver screen, dude. That's not allowed. <laughs> there, is, there is a point to your argument, but there's another side that says, no, I can't, I can't go on board with that, bro. No. Let me ask my friend here. Yo, Rodan. Tell me. <laughs> yes, I question. Scream. Good or is not good? Oh, it's very good. I like it. It's Drew yes. Barrymore being chased by a man in a white rabbit suit. No, that's Donnie Darko. Okay, I'm out of this conversation. Goodbye. Okay. Rabbit said no. <laughs> no. That's two against one. I love it. <laughs> You're so lucky that the one AJ happens to be there. Shall I call in Tony NTR for the argument? Like, screw it. <laughs> Listen, all I'm going to say right now, right, is you cannot say it's relevant with what it does. It created its scene for you that had the anticipation that it couldn't match the rest of the film. This comes back to, like, Inglorious. Bro, there's not... No, 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 no. Get fucked with that logic. There's not matching while the rest of the movie remains very good in Inglorious. That is an argument. Such is the power of that first scene that the rest of the film, haven't seen excluded, failed to match. The rest of the film remains good. This film sucks. <laughs> Subject to interpretation. I just think it doing... is a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Whatever. But I still feel you're doing an injustice to the intro by doing that. You can't tell me a good intro because of a shit film. That no. Good intro to a shit film is deceiving. I do not like to be deceived when I watch movies. Imagine this. Imagine Raiders of the Lost Ark started that way. And then Indiana Jones goes and does Baywatch. You'd be like, the fuck? That's how I feel. Alright, it's your list. I just think that's a disrespect to a great opener. But I get it. I get it. I I'm get it. And, it's and your I'll, I'll reinforce this because I'm sick of people saying, "Oh no, Scream's good." That opening. Fuck your opening. The movie sucks. And, the, and that opening tricks people into saying it's good. Wow. Wow, I actually forgot that you punted that. And obviously, I remembered, but obviously I knew it was never going to be your number one based on the fact that we had a, a joint, potentially joint number one. <sighs> All right, fair enough. Your worst. Okay. The room. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I, I played with a lot of stuff. I even tried to go around and I didn't really want to do How's this. How's my princess? Bro, there's a how's my princess, anything for my princess. All of that is How's bad. anything for my girl? Oh, hi, Danny. That <laughs> fucking Danny. 
Danny is the creepiest thing I have ever just seen. Just like watching on... you guys. <laughs> that was creepy. And then they go upstairs. And then he follows. And it was not even in a voyeuristic way. He tries to join in. And then that became in a point where I was like, please don't tell me they're going to oh, join Danny, in. Danny, what are you doing? We need to spend some time alone. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, you could talk. I've done Final Destination. What was the other horror I mentioned? Scream, right? We could talk anything. Nothing has scared me more than Danny. He gives me <laughs> the freaking shivers, mate. No. No one is that creepy ever. Ever. So creepy. It, it was just like, oh, I like being with you guys. And, uh, uh, I like uh, you guys. <laughs> you know, they freeze a crowd. And then you hear that, and then you're like, are they really going to go and bang with the kid downstairs? <laughs> then he turns up and just jumps on the bed, and they're like... It, it, with them. I know! And then you <laughs> do think this weird threesome's going to take place, which looks borderline illegal, and then you're like, no, and it's like, okay, time to go. It's like, okay, and ugh. No, it's so the wrong. highest level of creepy, and how did you come about that? Yeah. I, I honestly didn't want to do the room like the go-to like when there's no other worse just call in the room I nearly done um, Hollywood Shuffle but I also felt like I've done too much bashing on that because that is really annoying with that screaming in the beginning like, that bugged me but I looked back I looked back and Danny creeps the bejesus out of me <laughs> and that's why that's why the room is my worst like it, it's just wrong it's just wrong <laughs> Oh, it's very good. <laughs> so number one, I'm assuming it's a war movie. It is. I'm assuming it's directed by Spielberg. It is. I'm assuming it stars Tom Hanks. It does. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Indeed. And yes, it's a cheat because technically the opening is that, you know, old man going to the cemetery and then it flashes back. But I'll answer this. For me, that opening is almost like, it's almost like a prologue. And let's... It's, it's the crawl on Star Wars. <laughs> literally. And let's talk universally speaking when people talk about private ryan what words are used oh that om- opening on omaha beach yeah it's literally societally called the yeah. opening yeah yeah and it's linked it's linked as you said it's it's the prologue it's it's narrating what you're about to see it tells you the story so that's the film begins at that point it, he, he's not talking for no reason you're now seeing what he's talking about so it's the opening like there is no in between on that one to be honest that is and it is the greatest opening of all time mate i always remember as i said i've not really done a lot of war movies or what have you and i remember seeing this and it just shows you the realities of war in such a way the bullets the impact and you're like <gasps> you're, you're you lose breath you're it takes your breath away it's powerful it's hard hitting and then yeah i what was i watching Oh, yeah, your review. I was like, it was a review, and I'm like, well, he wouldn't have reviewed that because we weren't doing films, but yes, you were doing The Greatest Countdown, and I, I, I watched that, and I get what you're saying, that you could watch back, and then there's the argument of what would, you know, plausibly be right. Would that ever happen? No. Yeah. no. But that opening would happen, can happen, and as you mentioned, I don't know if you said it in that review or in another time we talked about this, but you mentioned... Um, the veterans. The veterans who had to leave because it hit home that hard. And a lot. Just that opening, that final battle with the tiger tank rolling into the French oh, town. Mate, yeah. A horrific scene. That um, 
that scene where they're trying to take the tower in Giovanni Ribisi dies. It's mama, mama, mama. <gasps> yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. There's some rich, you know, the sniper scene. It's there's some really concept behind the film. You can't really sign up to if you want to be cynical. However, scenes of the film, you can't argue the realism behind it. And the opening, sorry, not the opening, the ending, the actual last scene is is absolute wank bullshit. Tell me I've been a good man. Shut up. <laughs> I get what you're. I, I legitimately get what you're saying. Um, yeah, but I'm, take that that last scene out. The movie becomes even better. It really does. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But yeah, that was, yeah, that was the film. That was the opener for me. That I was like, damn, damn. damn. Such yeah. was the power of that movie. I remember exactly where I was because I didn't see this unfortunately at the cinema. I got this as fuck me years ago. First time I went out to Thailand as a kid when I was 13. Wow. One of those DVD, you know, high DVD, you know, copy knockoffs that everyone buys. Don't judge me. You've all been there. You've all got them um, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember putting it on. There was, it was raining one day. And it, when it rains in Thailand, it fucking pours. It's not like, oh, just brave the rain. Like, no, 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 no. You stay in. So it was raining that day. We put on a DVD. And I remember me clutching my knees to my chest going, what the fuck? fuck is this i think it was a friend i feel like you're there man it was horrific i i remember mine was a vhs someone gave me a vhs and was like yeah try this film i think it was my friend sean sean gave me that and independence day those are two films he gave me to check out but i remember watching this and being like damn Mm -hmm. damn Mm -hmm. It it just takes you to a different place man Different place. It's it's hard hitting. So that's our top tens. Indeed, it is. Right. So, unit. Before we even get into like Rushmore time, let's hear what Eunice has got to offer because we might be like, damn, yeah, that deserves to be on the Rushmore. Um, so I'm I, intrigued. Even before doing that, do you have any honourables you want to rifle off? Oh, bro, too many to be fair. Um, I've got most. Five. To be fair, I had Pulp Fiction. Mm. Um, yeah. Episode seven, Lion King. We said Guardians was another one. Um, Fight Club, mm. Fight Club, and then Three Hundred potentially. Dark Knight, um, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, nice. Golden Eye. I had Apocalypse Now. Oh, of course. And I had The Matrix. Nice, nice, nice. So, got the message from Eunice here, which literally came in. It's now eleven thirty-seven UK time. This message came in at eleven seventeen. Um. So literally 20 minutes ago. But yeah, he says, my take on the top 10 with a few honorable mentions. Looking forward to see how much they will differ from your lists. So Eunice's honorable mentions, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. The Hurt Locker. That's a great shout, Eunice. Um, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And then he put quite a few James Bond movies too. Hear him, well, my brother. Okay. <laughs> we agree on that. Well played, well played. Here's number 10. Reservoir Dogs. Nice. Number nine, The Usual Suspects. Nice. Number eight, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, I didn't care for that film. Um, Number seven, Scream. Number six, Apocalypse Now. Number five, The Dark Knight. 
Number four, Goodfellas. Yeah, actually. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. Goodfellas is a very good shout. Three, Jaws. Two, Saving Private Ryan. And his number one was Inglorious Bastards. Gotta give it to him. Gotta give it to my number four. It's like, very it, similar to ours, but it's kind of both of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, merged and done. Yeah, like it. Great shout. Great shout. So that film has made it on three lists. Like, we, there's no denying how important that one is. Yeah. Okay. There's Rush more time. Bad boy. Well, saving Private Ryan. Definitely. Play Hit with me me. Some, Okay. Play with, me Hit. Play with me on this. So, the Twitterverse being what it is, I'm just anticipating people going, actually, it's not the opening scene, guys. You've been idiot. You've been idiot. Listen, they exist. In fact, really insist on it. I'll put it in and I'll read out those comments when they come in next week because I guarantee you they'll come thick and fast. Actually, I really don't want to think people are that. They will. Backward thinking. They will. And I, I, I don't even want to say that as an offence, but you can't tell me about it. No. Okay, go on. Inglorious should be on there. For sure. For sure. I have no argument with that. Raiders. <laughs> Small point of contention, but I guess there's an argument to be made for it. Yes. Do you know what? Even though it's low, come again. Lion King, surely. Okay, yes, I will give you that. I can give you that one because I really wanted it on my list and I didn't. So. Are you also correct? How is he King to Minger? What the fuck? Bro, I don't even want to know what you type if that came up. <laughs> well, to be fair, King wouldn't be in my vocab a lot, would it? No. <sighs> now, I do have a... Hit See, I'm thinking. Okay. Okay, small tangent, guys. There is now the Rushmore followed by the edutainment. So I do have my edutainment name the one that we recommend that wouldn't be on a rush more based on the fact that a vote might not make it popular. So my edutainment would be God might be crazy. I uh, must be crazy. Mm. Um, my edutainment would be Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I'm down with that. Oh, oh no, no, there is an argument to, to put that on as the comedy. Bro, my, my thing is, is I, I think the Matrix is awesome. And then the other one is saving. Like I don't think, I think we'd be remiss the three of us have all put it in our list, right? Two of us at number one, one of us at number two. Three of us appreciate the fact that, okay, we don't speak for the universe, but three of us appreciate that it is the opening. All right, let's put it in. I, I, I challenge, please don't do it just to be spiteful, guys. I challenge well, the world you. to see what that really means. All right, I think we're done. I think we are, yeah. Cool. You got them all noted? Yeah. I'm just going to say something. Are we really doing two Spielbergs? That's the only thing that will make me say, okay, maybe one needs to go. Which one? 
No, I can't. No, they have to stay. No, because both of those are... Th- th- no. They put Star Wars in. No. No, 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 bro. No. <laughs> no. Not, not compared to Raiders. No, I can't do it. If you really believe it, tell me you, we have to take one out. But And I know you're leaning towards Private Ryan, but to me, the one we both that called... Like, really. Because I don't want the fucking bullshit on Twitter to kick off. No, that's what I'm saying. You're leaning towards taking off Ryan, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel, I just feel like the world's gonna be like, where is what Ryan as well? That's the, that's the problem I have with that. I'm gonna say this now, okay? There's a few times in the last few weeks where I've made a call of how things are gonna go on Twitter, and be it you or be it my family on the live stream or be it friends on the live stream, it will be like, no, 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 put that on. And what I, what I said came to pass. Okay, I'm going to be a dickhead. I'm going to put this as the last time I no, no, no. I say this. No, no, no. Is- I will let you pick. I will let you pick, but I'm going to be a dick here because I'm going to speak for Eunice and Eunice's edutainment is saving Private Ryan. So we still give it that plug that you need to see that open no, it. No, we're leaving it as it is. Okay. But let this be the last fucking time I say Twitter's going to do this. If if they react that way, that's your last time. If Otherwise, you're proven wrong. That's, yeah. that's, that's the caveat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of opening scenes in movies in no particular order is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Our second entry is The Lion King. Our third entry is. Inglorious Bastards. Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of opening scenes in movies is... Saving Private Ryan. Okay, guys, for you tuning in for the first time, you're going to be wondering why do we keep talking Twitter? Because us, the Silver Screen Dude, the one AJ and Nico Luro, compile the movie Mount Rushmore of any given category. Then it is over to you to pick the quintessential... Out of those four films, which one is the absolute best opening film? Um, we put this poll up with our good friend, Movie Polls for You, uh, on Twitter. And both of us will have the vote up from today up until Wednesday. Is that correct? Correct, yes. That's correct. And you have the chance to vote. And your vote, your count, your vote will count. And we will then announce the greatest opening scene of all time. And last week's topic was... There was no... T- oh, we did do a topic, didn't we? we? Did. Even though it wasn't in relation. Let's throw back to an old episode because last week was a bit self-indulgent. So we went back to um, an episode with Big Picture Film Club, which was the top 10 directorial debuts. And the uh, candidates were The Shawshank Redemption, American Beauty, The Room, and Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> um, the comments, we got a few in. Chris Tengrove, at Chris Tengrove, Trengrove, sorry, said, Why these four? Okay. okay. I said, well, we had a big old debate on a podcast combining two individual unrelated top ten lists and had to whittle all those down to just four movies and though, and thought these were the best representative. What would you have had instead? He put my personal top four of the past three decades would probably be Amores Peros, Get Out, American Beauty, and Shaun of the Dead. Not feeling Shaun of the Dead, but anyway. Um, then Francis Lalonde, who all at ballpark underscore Frank, just put... <laughs> I'll show you the gift, it's really good. <laughs> just Mr. It. Blonde dancing to Stuck in the Middle with You. Um, Paul Snowett 
underscore I am Batman underscore put. You're going to bark all day, little doggy, or you're going to bite. <laughs> Farrier at the Farrier first put Reservoir Dogs. Um, Greg Hatfield at Greg Hatfield put Did Citizen Kane not make the cut? <laughs> Did it not, Nico? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I defended this decision. I went, so Citizen Kane was one of the hosts' number one choice, AJ. But we recently did another poll about classic movies, which Kane featured in. On this occasion, we wanted to mix it up a bit and keep it fresh. Can't always pick the greatest movie ever. <laughs> so you don't reply with shoot brutal honesty of I chose to be a Absolutely not. Okay. So Psalm 69 at uh, Shane, Shane not Bart. But another great gift. Okay. Sure, Shane. No, no. This one. Oh, the same... One, Mr. Blonde. Another gift of Mr. Okay. White dancing, yeah, yeah. Mr. Blonde dancing to steal his wheel. Uh, David Bazzi Bassnet just put uh, a gift of the Shawshank Redemption. Every man has his breaking point. Of course, we've always got one person who likes to say, I don't like these movies, and just chooses their own movie. So at Oshak Yagari at High Loser 79 said, Breathless. Like, wasn't an option. <laughs> well, okay. So I decided to mess with them a bit. I went, are we talking the original by Jean-Luc Godard French version, or are we talking the remake? No one. Remake. Oh, okay. Funnily enough. Quelle um, Pumpkin Man Forever put, you all mean Tommy Wiseau's masterpiece, right? <laughs> and I put, 100%, dude. <laughs> um, Prentice Weston put, Shawshank Redemption, Adam Sleep snubbed a gift of Shawshank Redemption. And then we had another person come in and say, I've done some researching and the room was definitely not the first movie in this director's category. And I went, oh, no, 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 my friend, not the room. I said room. Sorry, I meant not room. I said the room. He went, oh, shit, I just noticed that. <laughs> so once again, the nominations were Shawshank, American Beauty, The Room and Reservoir Dogs. In fourth spot with only 4% of the vote. Your choice? My choice, The Room. <laughs> Cancel, please. It got 4%. Fuck you. Um, in at number three. I'm going to Room or The Room. Just out of curiosity, but anyway. <laughs> in at number three with 11% of the vote was American Beauty. In at number two with 35% of the vote, Reservoir Dogs. And in at number one with a massive 50% of the vote, Shawshank Redemption. Was that my choice? No, your yeah. choice was Reservoir. the Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Um, now, Shawshank Redemption, I just want to make a quick caveat note here. Movie polls for you said, I never put that in my polls anymore because it always wins by a landslide, so it becomes pointless. So that's something to bear in mind for the Rushmore for the future. Interesting. 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 Well, congratulations for your last victory, Shawshank. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, that's essentially then. There it is. That's essentially on the delete list then. Essentially, because for yeah, I can work with that. I can live with that. Okay, guys. So again, at movie MT Rushmore or at movie polls for you. The choice is yours. You can make the vote there. You have the four movies. The choice is absolutely yours. Um. I'll let you take the lead. I'll let you take the lead, because I always feel like I leave you with nothing. 
So that is all from us this week, guys. Please be sure that you are, as I said at the top of the show, sharing this podcast with uh, all the movie fans that you may know. If you think people might get a kick out of the show, please share it with them. We are available on all podcast platforms on iOS, Android, and of course, everyone's favorite music platform, Spotify. Um, I'd like to make a special shout out to Eunice, who this episode was brought to you by as a fan selection episode. Find him at underscore the, uh, sorry, at underscore Arsenal Times underscore. And is that Twitter and Insta, or just not sure. I'm going to say Twitter and Insta. I remember his his, his, um, Twitter, but I don't know if it's changed, so we'll work with that. I'm going to go with the Twitter on this one. Um, Please be sure to follow us on Instagram, where I am counting down the top 100 movies of all time brought to you by Empire Magazine. AJ, over to you and wrap it up. Okay, guys, so as well as that, we do also cover a wrestling topic. So that is the Ministry of Wrestling at MOW News on Twitter, at Ministry of Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook, www.silverscreendudes.com, where you can find all the stuff that we do together and individually. And we are working on T in ANZ, which is going to be a video gaming platform. Um, at the moment, name may change because I'm well, sort of the white rabbit. Yeah, the white rabbit will be making an appearance there. So, guys, thank you. Thank you very much. Get your votes in. Spread the word. We appreciate you loads, and we will be back next week. So until then, I am the one AJ Anthony Jordan. As I said just now, follows the White Rabbit. He's coming soon to a getting shop near you. I am Nico Lero. See ya. Yeah.